Welcome back to another episode of the Messy Reformation. My name's Jason Rice. I'm the lead pastor at Faith Community CRC in Beaver Dam, Wisconsin. My co-host is Willie Cronkey. He's a member at PCRC in Pease, Minnesota. We're just a couple of guys who love the Christian Reformed Church and want to see Reformation happen in our denomination. And we realize whenever Reformation has happened in the history of the church, it's always messy. And we're seeing it get messy now. So we're taking the opportunity to talk to pastors throughout the Christian Reformed Church to find out what's happening in our denomination, but also to talk about what Reformation might look like. We want to keep saying thanks to all of you who are faithfully listening each week. Our listenership continues to grow, and you can keep helping us out by faithfully listening each week and then sharing this with people you think would benefit. Keep it up. We really appreciate it. If you haven't already, take a moment, click subscribe so you don't miss any of our upcoming content. We are dropping episodes every single Monday. With all that said, we're going to get to this week's episode, which is part one of our conversation with Dan Winyarski. Dan, why don't you kick us off? Tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, your family, where you're at, and uh, and your church as well. Sure. Thanks for having me today. Um, yeah, I'm 42 years old. Um, married. We've been I've been married to my wife now for 13 years. We have three uh, boys, all under the age of 10. So oh, our boy. house our house gets pretty crazy at times. They're uh, they're nine, six, and four. So if one of them comes bursting in the door uh, and you can hear the screaming or wrestling on the other side of the door, cause I'm at, I'm at home today. So uh, that's a, a little warning, but their children are, they truly are a blessing from the Lord. So, Amen. Um, and having three boys is, is especially, sometimes I'll go, I'll go in the, the playroom and it looks like a, a Lego bomb blew up in the basement, <laughs> <laughs> but it's fun. Um, I'm definitely not uh, from the CRC bubble. I grew up in an Assemblies of God church, very awesome. charismatic Pentecostal. Um, that's where I spent the first 20 years of my life. And it was um, 20 really beautiful years. My parents raised myself and my siblings in a strong Christian home. Um, and our, our church background was very much... Um, scripture memorization, daily devotions, uh, making good choices, you know, living, uh, uh, living the life that God has called us to live. Um, but if I'm honest, I always, I always felt a little bit out of place in that environment. Um, I grew up in, in Serial City, uh, Serial City, USA, Battle Creek, Michigan. So mm-hmm. it was, it was always fun when uh, Post was working on the Fruity Pebbles because the whole town smelled like uh, <laughs> cereal. It was great. But um, I went to college at a free Methodist school called Spring Arbor uh, that's near Jackson, Michigan. And um, after that, I was attending a Baptist church in Kalamazoo, Michigan. The CRC was not on my radar at all until I started dating my wife. Um, she grew up in the CRC here in Grand Rapids. Um, we live in Jenison, which is, it's basically a suburb of Grand Rapids, but she grew up here. So she's lived her whole life here. She grew up at a CRC church on the North side. Um, 
her family wasn't uh hardcore dutch crc i guess mm-hmm. the, the church was almost had a mega church feel it was called sunshine community church it was a very large church but she she'd been attending there uh well her parents brought her there when she was a baby um sure. but she went to calvin um and we met uh shortly after uh a few years after she graduated from college i graduated from college and that's when that's when I said, what is this? What is this Christian Reformed Church thing? I had probably heard of it at times, but I, you know, up until, um, you know, 15 years ago when we started dating, I didn't even know what it was. And then um, when uh, when the kids came along, we moved to a different part of Grand Rapids uh, here to Jenison, where we are now. We've been here for 10 years and we weren't, we weren't guaranteed to be in the crc um because like i said at that time i was going to a baptist church and my upbringing upbringing was in the assemblies of god um but there's a there's a church called cottonwood heights crc that's about 400 yards from our house Hmm. and we said hey let's go visit because wouldn't it be cool if we went to a church where the kids could ride their bikes to youth programs and whatever else, or we could walk to church on Sunday. So we went and visited the, uh, the pastor was on sabbatical. Um, but the people there, we could, we could seriously, we could tell even without the the pastor there, um, that it was a church. It is a church that's grounded in scripture. And that was the main mm. thing for us. There are a ton of young families there. There are a ton of great elderly saints there, and there are a ton of people in between. It's a really intergenerational mix and we felt right at home there so that's where we landed um 10 years ago um yeah it's awesome yeah yeah so what uh so i guess i could have prefaced this too so dan's not a pastor we, <laughs> no, not he's that. uh we we interview other people besides past primarily pastors but other other um other people as well but dan what's your role at the church i am a deacon this is my second term as a deacon um, if I, if I had to say, I'm kind of a troublemaker, I'd say maybe, a, <laughs> I could say I'm a, an activist. I think you can say that. And, and that's a good thing nowadays. So I've, I didn't intend, I didn't start out that way. So, um, 10 years ago when we started attending there and the pastor returned from sabbatical and, uh, we finally got to meet him, he, uh, I think he knew that we were planning on settling there and he knew my background that I probably could not spell Calvin. No, I'm just kidding. I probably could, but <laughs> I definitely could not spell Heidelberg. So <laughs> he, he sat me down every week and this was the greatest thing. He sat me down and basically took me through a catechism class, just he and I, and answered my questions. He gave me the catechism. He gave me the door, the canons of Dort. He said, read these things. If you want to be a part of this church, you need to believe these things. And I read these things and I said, this, this is what I like to say. I was, I was reformed, but I, before I knew what reformed was, because yeah. as I was reading these things, I said, this makes sense. This is that missing piece that wasn't part of the charismatic Pentecostal Assemblies of God upbring the Baptist church that I went to. Not that any of those things are, are bad at all, but when I read the catechism and I talked to the pastor and I answered those questions, you know, week after week. And um, so a year after we started attending the church, um, I was proud and blessed to make profession of faith. Um, 
And that, that same Sunday, a few uh, minutes after I made profession of faith, our, our eldest son was baptized hmm. and uh, it's been, it's been great since then. So that's how I, yeah, that's, that's how I got involved, but I'm in my second, my second go around as a deacon there. I'm, I'm one year in um, to my second time as a deacon. Yeah. And so I'd, I'd love to, cause we haven't had anybody who's been a deacon on yet. And that's, uh, oh, okay. yeah, that's a, that's a good, um, I I'd just love to hear more about your, your experience, maybe some of the, your feeling of called to be a deacon and, and some of the, the gifts that you think God has given you to, to fulfill that calling in your church. Yeah. Um, uh, my background, my training is in accounting. So shortly after joining the church, they asked me to be on the finance committee. Um, I was selected as a deacon not long after that. I enjoy serving however I can. I wouldn't necessarily say I'm I'm the best the best at it, but um, God just needs willing people. My wife and I we teach the the first grade Sunday school class there. Um, yeah, and it, it was really through through I guess serving that first time as a deacon that I got exposed to the the wider CRC mm-hmm. community. Because I was not, like I said, I didn't go to Calvin. I didn't grow up in Grand Rapids. I didn't, I didn't know what a synod was. I didn't know what a classes was. I, what are these classes? What are these classes mm-hmm. things that you're always talking about? So I had a crash course there and I started reading the banner and I started reading the, the um, communications coming out from, from, I believe it was Steve Timmermans was the executive director at the time. And um started reading what was coming out on the do justice blog. And I, I got familiar with sojourners and the office mm. of social justice, the CRC office of social justice. And that's when I said, this, this wider CRC community doesn't, doesn't really seem a lot like my local church at times, some of these things coming out. So um, I started asking questions, making phone calls, sending emails again, just as my role in, as a deacon at the church, people would come and talk to me and they'd say, did you, did you read this article in the banner about, you know, homosexuality? I said, well, no, uh, why don't I take a look at it? Um, and then I'd contact the editor at the banner. Uh, I think it was Demore at the time, um, or maybe, uh, the guy before him, I don't remember his name, but, um, yeah, it was, it was through my connection with the people at Cottonwood asking me questions and then going to council meetings and reading other things that um, I'd say probably about seven or eight years ago is when I started really paying attention and really just kind of stalking the CRC mm-hmm. in a way. Stalking is probably not the best word. Can we delete, <laughs> Can we delete that? No, no, no we can't. <laughs> but not really getting too involved, I guess more learning like trying to learn. And the more I learned, the more disturbed I got about some of the things coming out. And I started, you know, I started pushing back against some of these things on the OSJ Facebook page related to immigration. Or I, um, I learned about this group called all one body that was CRC members. Some of them, some of them, even office bearers who were trying to transform the CRC into a LGBTQ affirming church. And I said, well, they don't know me from Adam. My last name's Wernarski. I'm going to go to a meeting. So I just went to a meeting and, uh, you know, it was like a planning session for all one body. And I just took notes and I started sharing those with people. And that kind of snowballed into um, where I said that, uh, you know, I'm kind of a, 
if I had to say to, to say something, I, I'm in a ways a troublemaker, but yeah, like I don't like to be. Um, but when the church is being, I don't want to be too dramatic. I was going to say attacked, but when the church is being uh, changed in ways that go against scripture, I have always been from, you know, from my earliest days, someone who is, is very much concerned with the truth and standing firm for truth. Um, very much a logical person, a linear thinking. And it just did not sit well when I read some of these things coming from our denominational headquarters and some of our um, leaders, the people who are really supposed to be the one, they're supposed to be more grounded than me. I'm just some deacon mm -hmm. from Jenison. Who cares about me? I don't matter. The executive director should be more grounded in scripture than some, you know, deacon who just joined the church nine years ago. Mm. Um, I don't know. I took us on a tangent yeah. there, but. That, no, that's, that's good. That's good. And uh, I, I think one of the things that people, uh, I don't know, people seem to assume that, that troublemakers I would put that in, well, it, it can be put in quotes or it could not be put in quotes, I guess, but, but they seem to assume that they enjoy being the troublemaker, right? right? You get some kind of kick out of ticking everybody off. Right. And, right, uh, right. and I've been known over the years as being someone who speaks bluntly and, uh, and kind of says things like it is. And, and sometimes we'll tick people off and people think I like being that person. And I'm like, no, but but I'm doing this. I, I'm speaking this clearly to you because I care about you. And for me to beat around the bush on this issue would not be caring or, or loving either. So we need to address it. We need to talk it. And I'm doing this because for one, God calls me to do it. God has called me to sit down in front of you and say, this is wrong. You need to repent of it. And God has called us and you, even as, as you would say, I wouldn't say it this way as a little old deacon in Jenison, but but even you as an office bearer in the church, God has called you too to enter into these conversations. And so we don't always like, like most of us don't like confrontation, don't like having people ticked off at us, but we're entering into it because God has called us to do so, right? Right. Yeah. I do not, I don't get any pleasure in causing trouble. Um, I, I'm a, I'm actually a very shy person. I do. I don't like to, I don't like public speaking. I don't like being the center of attention. I don't like when the attention's focused on me. I don't even, to be honest, I don't even like it on Sundays when I'm the one passing the basket for the collection. Cause I don't want people looking at me. I, I that's just how I am. I'm, I'm kind of a shy person, but, um, I think part of that time period from when I made profession of faith to, I'd say about oh, it's 2021. So four years ago was probably when I first started talking to, you know, sending emails and picking up the phone and talking to people at the office of social justice and, and um, trying to attend these events. So, you know, it was a four year period where I was, to be honest, I was hoping uh, other people would stand up. <laughs> and say things not the not the new guy um mm -hmm. i kind of consider myself almost like an immigrant to the crc i joined not because my family was part of it uh or because i was raised here i joined because when i read our three forms of unity i said a hundred percent this is it mm -hmm. this is it right here so that's why i joined so i'm like I said, consider myself an immigrant. And I think just as 
um, geographical immigrants who move from another country in the world, say a China or a Cuba or uh, Eastern Europe under former Soviet control, and they come to the United States, they love our constitution in ways that people who were born here don't because we take it for granted. And I think people in the Christian Reformed Church take for granted their rich spiritual heritage that other denominations and other churches do not have. Um, And I look around and I see it's almost like it's like having a friend whose dad gives him a Ferrari and he's like, it's just a Ferrari. Uh, you know, I don't have to take care of it. And he's got scratches all over it. And the leather seats are, mm-hmm. he's not taking care of it. He doesn't respect it. And you're like, dude, you got a Ferrari. Like my dad gave me a Toyota Corolla. Why don't you respect your Ferrari? Um, so yeah, I waited for other people to say, and it's not to say, oh, I'm the only person saying anything. No, you guys are doing this podcast. And there's, there's lots of people who, um, I guess, lead in much more meaningful ways than, than I do, but we all play our part, right? That's what scripture says. Um, we're all different parts of the body. And when we work together with Christ as the head, uh, we can accomplish great things, not for our own glory, but for God's glory. Amen. Um, so that's, yeah, I waited for a while and I think I just got to the, to the tipping point where I said, I've got to do something. You know, I can't just be receiving every week from my church, this wonderful food, this great spiritual food and community here at Cottonwood while, you know, everything else kind of fades, fades away from scripture. Um, so mm-hmm. that that's, that, that's kind of, that's why I've been involved and that's why I will continue to be involved. And for my sons too, people say, well, why don't you just go to a different church? There are other churches that, that believe the same confessional ideas. You could go to the OPC, you could go to the um, URC, you could go to the PCA. And I, first of all, I have to look up those, <laughs> those acronyms because <laughs> I, I have no idea what they're talking about. I didn't smile. Not. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. URC. What's the URC? I don't know. <laughs> So I look it up, but I say, well, why would I leave? This place is great. Number one. And number two, my three, my sons were baptized into this denomination. And I want, I want them to be able to grow up with this rich spiritual heritage. Uh, I don't want to just throw, throw it out and give up on it. Amen. Hmm. Yeah, Dan. Amen. Uh, I kind of love hearing your story and how your, your pilgrimage kind of led you into the CRC. Uh, It's been encouraging for me to hear anyway. Um, Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. I'm kind of wondering, and you've talked about this, uh, especially highlighting your home church as an encouragement to you. What are some things that you see before us in the CRC that that do encourage you and kind of bring you some spiritual life? Um, That deep confessional foundation that Mm. we don't have to go back and figure out every new thing that comes along. You know, we have the answers first and foremost in Scripture, because our confessions are built on the foundation of Scripture. But then you had these wonderful minds throughout the the history of the church who've built up this great reservoir that we can draw from anytime we want. Um, so that I, you know, I think, I think a, a strength of the the Christian Reformed Church that people don't 
necessarily recognize is the people in the pews who have been fed this strong word, this spiritual meat their whole lives, whether they recognize it or not, they're a sleeping giant that God can mm-hmm. use because they have, when Jesus, when Jesus spoke about the, the parable of the sower and the, and the seeds that fell on fertile soil, that's the Christian reformed church. Uh, that's fertile soil. And so I think the people in the pews are a sleeping giant that they've been um, reluctant, I think, to get involved beyond their local communities. That's what I see in my church. They're reluctant to get involved in denominational matters. But if they did, um, we could turn around a lot of the, the bad ideas that are coming down from headquarters on 28th Street and really see the church grow in ways that um, we, we haven't seen, uh, you know, in decades. Yeah, amen. And I, and I see a lot of that in my, in my dad. Um, my dad's someone who grew up in the CRC and hated every minute of it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but the the funny thing is um so he's you know he's not like super fond of the crc so it's kind of an interesting dynamic here i've met a few people in this air in this grand rapids area who are like that yeah yeah the crc and they're like no it's not worth it exactly (laughs) yeah so so my dad would definitely fall under that category however um he maybe didn't enjoy it or whatever but I can talk to him and see the theological grounding, the biblical grounding. Um, and I kind of giggle and say, well, you know where you got that, right? You got that in the Christian Reformed Church as a kid. Like you maybe right. thought, uh, you know, because he gets frustrated. He said, I got the catechism crammed down my throat and it was dry and and all of that. But I'm like, yeah, you got it crammed down your throat. You maybe didn't enjoy it. They probably could have done it better, right. but you know it. And, uh, and that was, that's the foundation that you're building upon now. I mean, he, I didn't grow up in the Christian reformed church either because my dad didn't want to go back there. Um, but I grew up with all of those principles of the Christian reformed church in our home. And so, and all of that understanding of, I mean, my dad would just pounded it in my head. If you're going to answer a question, it better be from scripture. You, you better be answering it from scripture. Nobody else. This is where you're going to come up with an answer. And so he pounded that in my head over and over and over again. And so I kind of laughed then when, as I grew up and now I'm a pastor in the Christian reformed church and I'm like, dad, you did it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, but that soil was tilled in his life, um, even though he didn't enjoy it and the seeds were there. um, And that was, that's the foundation that he's, still living out now. And that ended up tilling the soil in my life. And that's the foundation that, um, that's uh, for my faith now, even too. So it's a, it's a powerful thing. Yeah. Yeah. And there are tens of thousands of people in the, you know, in the pews in the CRC who've had that drilled into them, uh, that, you know, that, uh, that biblical truth that you, you know, you can only get from, from a strong, grounding in scripture and uh, a consideration i think of the crc as very as a as a intellectual denomination in a lot of ways um and some people might think that's a bad thing but it only is if it makes you elitist right or it mm. it makes you think you're better than 
but we have total depravity. So hopefully we're not getting too proud. (laughs) (laughs) We have a great confession, but uh, it's because we need it. It's not because we deserve it. Right. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So, so getting into, cause uh, one of the things I appreciated about um, you talking about your, your calling um, to become a deacon came as people in the church saw your gifting and then kind of pushed you in that direction. And, and now you're calling as a, as you would call yourself an activist um, came because people in your congregation were saying, Dan, have you read this? What do you think about this? Right. And so it's, it's all of this is this kind of bubbling up of gifts that God has given you. And, uh, and it's people from the church, your local congregation, seeing those gifts and saying, Hey, Dan, use these gifts more, you know, be more of a troublemaker, Dan, <laughs> um, <laughs> answer some of the because questions. They don't want to be. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my. I, I, uh, uh, there, that reminded me, there's a line that, uh, Vody Bauckham uses a lot. Um, he says, I've had a lot of people come up to me and say, God loves you. And I have a wonderful plan for your life. (laughs) 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 And so he said, he's got, he's like, I've got people all the time poking me and sending me into situations to, (laughs) to get myself in trouble because they don't want to. Oh, I have people send me, I have people send me a uh, little private message, me articles or things and say, Hey, have you read this? Because they know it's going to set me off and I'm going to pick up the phone or I'm going to send an email and then they don't have to, but yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I mean, my, my, so my question in all of this, what were some of those things that you were seeing? You know, you said about seven or eight years ago is when you were not necessarily major engaging, but you were studying and reading. What were some of those things that you were already seeing? back seven or eight years ago that were causing concern for you? Um, I guess if I, if I was going to boil it down to four, four main points, I think preachers are supposed to do three, but I'm not a preacher. I'm not a minister. So I'm going to do four. I refuse but, to do three points too. So I either do like two or four. <laughs> um, but the, the over, you know, the overstepping of authority whether it be scriptural authority or our church order. And that's something that hasn't come up yet, but I've, I actually read the CRC church order and it's fantastic. Um, Mm -hmm. I wish we would follow it all the time. (laughs) That would be really nice. But I see the, uh, you know, I saw overstepping of authority um, when, for example, the executive director would issue a statement under the letterhead of the Christian reformed church as if it's the entire church and then get, you know, seven or eight people who work in the headquarters building with him to sign off on it. Um, that's not a synod didn't give them the authority to do that. If, if, if the executive director wants to post something on his personal Facebook page, he can say whatever he wants. But when it comes under the banner of the Christian reformed church, it should be something that the church can rally around. And I saw many things that did not. Um, Mm. the second area would be just the pushing of the politics. Um, we have a church order article that says we will only deal with ecclesiastical matters. Well, ecclesiastical apparently means a lot of things because I've gotten communications from the office of social justice, encouraging me to take part in the global climate strike. 
well, I looked at scripture and I didn't see anything about a global climate strike where we're supposed to, you know, walk to work and eat whatever green leaf is growing in our backyard and whatever they do on the global climate strike. But it came from my church and that didn't seem like an ecclesiastical matter to me. It seemed like a very political thing. Um, and I would say, people say, well, you just want to, you know, you, you just want to push a conservative agenda. No, if, you know, Reggie Smith or Steve Timmermans were putting out things saying, join the NRA, I'd be saying the same thing. Um, mm -hmm. It's not the place of the church to push that. And, mm -hmm. you know, when I talk to other council members at my church or people in the church, they're, they're of this, you know, the same mind that there's just too much political stuff being pushed from our headquarters. And, and it's all going into the third, you know, the third point, it's all from a very left leaning point of view. Um, there is no balance. And when I, when I first contacted employees at the office of social justice, I remember it was, it was almost exactly four years ago. And I spoke to Peter Vandermeulen was the director at that time. And I spoke to one of the other employees who still works there. And we were talking about immigration and every solution, quote unquote, um, air quote, solution to the immigration problem. It was all from a very left wing political point of view. And I said, why can't we find common ground? Because there are tens of thousands of CRC members who are, 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 paying ministry shares are giving at their church and their church is giving in ministry shares. And that's what keeps these offices going. And that's what pays for all these employees. Why can't we find some balance for some immigration ideas that we can all rally around, you know, rather than yeah. just open borders and just blanket amnesty, there's other things. And uh, I still remember I was talking to Peter and I said, are there any conservatives at denominational headquarters that you could run some of these things by before you send them out? And in all seriousness, his response was, yeah, I think there might be one. That's all we have for this week. Stay tuned next week for part two of our conversation with Dan Winyarski. But until then, don't forget, this is Christ's church, and he bought it with his blood. And we've been warned that wolves will come in trying to destroy the flock. So keep a close watch on your life and on your doctrine. Preach the word in season and out of season. And keep fighting the good fight in this messy Reformation. <laughs>